So, like, take off to the great white north. Beauty. Beauty. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Jeez. Take off, you hosers. Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 86 of the World's Best Hockey Podcast. My name is Chris Killingsworth and joining me as always are my co-hosts, Carter Lupel and Thomas Williams. Let's start with you, Carter. What's going on, my friend? How's it going, Chris? It's going well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. <laughs> how, how, how have you been, man? What's new? Uh, I've been doing well. Finished, uh, finished my first year of school. Um, and then just kind of bumming around uh, doing summer shit since just cottage and working on things and stuff like that. Been taking it easy. Yeah. Reenacting wars, you know. Reenacting war. <laughs> no, um, oh, yeah. Are you still star- part of starring the in Battle of Shaker Heights, you know? Um, <laughs> just the vehicle, yeah. okay? I'm fixing up an old vehicle for, for somebody. I'm, re- I'm restoring an old Jeep from, um, I think it's a 1948. Um, yeah, literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it, it's a Willie's Jeep that they used in the war. <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, yeah, so the other voice that you project. hear there, the other voice that you hear there, guys, that's Thomas Williams coming Hello. to you live from beautiful, sunny Oshawa, Ontario. Thomas, what's new in Oshawa these days? Uh, you know, it's just the um. The hockey content wars between me and Dangle, pretty much. Um, I, have oh, south, I, have this, I have the south side. He has the north side. Um, right. He's been watching Habs games and so have I, but I've been led to believe um, and I am impassioned by the Montreal Canadiens um, where he is doing it as a novelty. He is a gimmick. Um, I know. Yes. No, but I'm so glad I, you I pointed know, that out. I don't want to see, hate, seeing seeing red on the Steve Dangle moniker last night when yeah, I was watching I the game. I was like, "This isn't Steve Dangle. He always is blue and white." <laughs> this isn't Steve uh, Dangle. <laughs> you guys are wondering. I'm just uh, filling up my dog's bowl and giving him oh some water God. because, like Puck, <laughs> I'm also hungry. I'm hungry <laughs> for good old Toronto Maple Leafs. Just kidding. Montreal Canadiens hockey. <laughs> so we are the official Montreal Canadiens podcast. Oh, moving wow. forward. Okay. We actually, there is a good uh, Locked On Canadiens is a really good Montreal Canadiens podcast and they're fun. But um, I digress. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> Robin's at home, and as soon as I said that, she goes, "What? Pardon? <laughs> Are you talking to me?" We're in. We're in. Uh, we'll have the French translation too. I'll let's release that as well. But it'll basically yes. be an hour of just going, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" Like <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'd speak French, but there's too many pronouns. You know what I mean? 
Vous avez, nous allons, yeah. je Chris, ha- Chris hates pronouns. Chris Whoa, hates pronouns. that's not true. <laughs> Please don't get me canceled. Um, but Sorry. listen, this podcast is called Hosers. It's episode 86. We haven't recorded in three weeks because uh, we just didn't feel compelled enough to do it, right? You know, it's weird when people don't do their job like they say they're going to. And, you know, we do have a lot in common with NHL referees, but we're going to get there um, <laughs> as the podcast rolls on. Should we do a quick little uh, life update for you, uh, Thomas? What's going on with you, buddy? Oh, me first. Um, you know, I've just been working and kind of getting uh, off-season content because now it's the off-season for both teams that I cover. Um, getting off? Your, your Minnesota content? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I write for a porn site. Um nice. called, uh, called hockeywilderness.com. Um <laughs> no, but you know, just life is uh actually life has gotten got more exciting. Um I'm fully vaxxed. So that's boy. Congratulations. Oh so, um life is anew and yeah, today Ontario, I think Canada announced that people we can travel down to the States after July 5th. Um I don't know why I would do that, but I don't know. There's some potential summer trips down there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just everything's happening and nothing's happening at the same time. Um, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I love that, buddy. Um, did you feel like shit after the second uh, vaccine? Oh, yeah. I had to work the next day. And I, to- I literally told my bosses on Tuesday, I was like, tomorrow... I am getting, yeah, like a Tuesday. It was literally last Tuesday. So I'm not fully vaxxed yet because it's the 14 days or whatever. Um, but I literally told my boss on Tuesday, like tomorrow I have an opportunity to wait in line for like five hours and get my second dose. Yeah. Um, end up being like three and a half. So that's fine. But, um, and yeah, I'm like, and then, and then I was like talking to them on Thursday. And I think I like, I said something like wrong or whatever. It's like, oh, sorry. Like, I feel like crap. Like, and they're like, oh, like, have you got your second shot? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I told you it was yesterday. And I feel like crap today. But, um, yeah, it was all right. Like, I felt just tired. For what I hear from a lot of other people is it's way worse than what I experienced. It was just like, I was just tired and didn't really want to do anything. Um, yeah. Like, a little headache or whatever. But it wasn't like I was sick or bedridden or anything. But There you go. Yeah. I'm glad that you're feeling better. I'm glad that you're doing your darndest to fight against uh, COVID-19. Uh, so good on you, buddy. Uh, Carter, you got your your first one, right? I did, yes. And do you feel, uh, like? I guess, when are you able to get your second one? Fairly soon, right? I think that's like um, the whole idea. Yeah, I think August 9th is like the, the soonest I can sign up to get my second one. Like I have my, when I booked my first one, I was... Um, I, they gave me September 29th and then oh. I think because they accelerated I can get it sooner now so That's sweet I might incriminate myself on this podcast um oh you've never done maybe, that. That doesn't you guys don't have to give me feedback if I should edit this out but uh Emily and I basically went to Toronto and just lied about our postal code and we lined up uh, oh yeah I think a lot of people are doing that like we lived we lived in Toronto like like six months ago so yeah, like i don't i mean i literally we found a postal code that worked and we're like okay and then emily's friend wesley went the day before us to the same pop-up or one of the pop-ups that are run by the same company and they literally just asked like are is one of your postal codes on this sheet of paper and he just had to say yes 
and then, and then they let him friend in. now too whatever but um wow. and then like so we <laughs> i didn't even have to say anything the person was going by and like giving the um like this the sheets out for because when you're in a pop-up like they give out like little tickets so that yeah. if you miss it or whatever you could come back the next day um mm-hmm. And they're giving them out and just say, what's your postal code? And then you just have to say it. And then Emily just said, yeah, that's both of us. And then we both got one. And oh, like, nice. literally when they took my health card, I was worried that like the, the address that's attached to my health, <laughs> like health Canada, whatever would pop up. And it literally did. And then they just like, didn't care. They're like, yeah, like if you're in the line, whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, they got to use them, right? Like if they're well, that's, there. That's the thing too. Like there's so many stories of like it expiring and like all this stuff where like, and people were saying and like doctors or whatever, and nurses were saying like, just get it whenever you can. Like there's no, unless you're literally taking it out of the hands of someone that needs it more, like they're yeah. going to get it. So it's maybe I'm a bad person, but. <laughs> well, we knew that. Silence. <laughs> Okay. We knew that. I always had well, my suspicions that you were evil, and now it's all been confirmed. So okay. here we are. I guess I'll keep this uh, in as a lesson that people can just go to Toronto. Um, <laughs> um what, my guy was right. Habs. No, I, I had a I had an anesthesiologist like that was volunteering in the COVID clinic for the day. Give me mine, and he was a Habs fan. Yeah. So it was. So it was. It was pretty. Like I, I sat there for so long talking to him. He's like, "Oh, I guess we better give you your shot." And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. So I probably like held up Imagine the line you for got so the long. shot. And then afterwards, you just like, you just like all of like the really bad, like uh, Habs fan takes, like just start coursing through your veins. <laughs> and you're just like, you're just like, it is okay to pay a goalie ten and a half million dollars. Oh my God. It's all, can, there's so much clarity. Yeah. Oh, Alex, Alex, Alex Romanov is going to be the next next Eric Carlson. Oh my God, no! <laughs> but don't amazing. don't besmirch the the robotic name of Philip Deneau. Oh, he's yeah. Gonna, I mean, we should probably. He's get paid. <laughs> oh, he's getting paid. Carter, do you want to uh, tell us about your, um, you know, your like life update? Do you have anything <laughs> exciting? I mean, obviously, build, that, rebuilding a Jeep is pretty cool. Yeah, but the Habs being in the semifinals are even cooler. Yeah, I mean, and so we haven't recorded since that happened. So we recorded since the last game since the Leafs lost Game Seven. We yeah, recorded well, then, but I don't think we talked about it the last series at all. Um, but no, it's that. That's a pretty good life update. No, I, I my girlfriend's been pretty understanding because I'm like you know what, like, like coming from playing hockey and my whole house being a big hockey family, we all have our superstitions. And for the Leaf series, we sat in one spot, certain people sat, certain people didn't sit. And for every game we've been back and we've been like, like yesterday we spent the day for Father's Day at the cottage and we had to race home, leave the cottage in a disaster so we can make it back to our seats for, uh, for the game last night. Um, yeah. And so she's been pretty understanding um, that like that this is this like Caulfield said it could be sometimes this only happens once or twice in someone's career right and so like and I was only three when they won the cup last and so it's 
it, it's nice to kind of follow along and see them see them go and see what kind of team they've turned into um but it's been yeah a lot of fun watching the run i didn't expect them to sweep the i was very happily wrong because i thought that winnipeg was going to thump us i didn't think they're going to sweep winnipeg and i didn't think um i didn't i didn't know what to say about vegas i i just thought flurry was going to be our the thorn in our side but it's been a pretty back and forth intense bit of hockey with each team kind of climbing the mountain at different points of the game yeah absolutely i mean that's definitely been something to look forward to um and i know we haven't recorded and and for people uh that you know care about that type of thing you know it's it's been carter's had an emotional roller coaster um (laughs) and we've just like uh, neglected to record just so carter could work through his shit and you know he sounds like he's on the up and up which is good uh thomas and i uh, I think by default uh, are Habs fans in solidarity with Carter. Uh, oh, and yeah. I mean, I'm more of an, I like I want the Islanders to win the cup. Um, that's, yeah. that's, that's such a fucking, that's happened. it's just like a hockey pervert. Like thing he's, to just, say. he's just, Ew, fo- he's following, following Lou. He's just following yeah. any, no, sort it's of, not. any sort of Leafs ghosts that he can follow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's probably part of it. Honestly, <laughs> the only thing that will make me happy with the Islanders winning the cup is like, I guess Matt Barzell's a nice story and stuff, but like yeah. Leo Komarov lifting the cup after like yeah. Tyler Bozak did. And then like, and then the last year was Luke Shen. And it's like all these Leafs, just like ghosts. Like, like these players that just symbolize like Leafs misery from like yeah. the mid 2000s and like Lou Lamorello and Dave Nonis are like coming back and just like winning consecutive cups. But yeah, it's just all good fun. I so about Montreal fandom is that I because I switched my Twitter profile picture as like a bit to the uh, the 2,500 will feel like 25,000. I swear to the odd guy. Um, I'm gaining a lot of Habs followers. <laughs> oh my God. Guys, can I just quickly interrupt? I'm going to have a, like a, an actual meltdown. So Robin has access to our Amazon account. Obviously, she's my wife. Oh, she no, buys she's... the most stupidest things. She bought, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm I'm over it. I'm over it at this point. She bought a $100 pink cowboy hat so that she can oh. wear it to a pool party that her and some of her hashtag fully vaxxed friends are having in a couple of weeks. It got stuck at customs, and she's expected me to deal with all of this. And I'm like, oh, the estimated delivery is Wednesday. And she just walks by and goes, better come on time like i have control over this fucking hat can you tell her that she better you didn't pay anything i paid for it (laughs) holy fuck tell her she better wear it on in november yeah you better wear it all the time and (laughs) thomas said you better wear it um at their wedding thing you have to wear the pink cowboy hat so anyways it's official you're gonna show up to pick it up at the post office and it's gonna be out of the packaging chris and then (laughs) just said robin just said should i make it its own instagram account just photos of all of us wearing it (laughs) could be pretty fun yeah make sure you follow at the tha pink cowboy hat uh we're gonna have everybody involved i'm so sorry for interrupting thomas it's just 
she's um, leaving the house and I needed to get that off my chest. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've been getting a lot of has followers and I feel like they're going to immediately unfollow me the minute I like tweet about anything else. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Like uh, who followed me today? Fuck. Um, what's their name? Just a Habs follow of Habs fan from bar down. One of the girls there. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm just going to like, tweet out shit and yeah I'm you're setting yourself up for disappointment <laughs> like literally the second i talk about the leafs are we like oh what are you like talking about but i don't know maybe i'll just won't talk about the leafs next season oh i don't so because of this podcast at first i just followed everybody that followed hosers um or that like interacted with hosers and so it was naturally all leafs fans and then i tried to start like being more active on Twitter and following more people from different markets and things like that. And seeing the divide on my timeline is so fucked up. I like, I hate Twitter. I love Twitter, but I hate Twitter now. Yeah. Twitter's objectively the worst website of all time. It's the worst. And as soon as you like, I'm convinced and I'm sorry to the few of you who actually watch hockey, like Chris, I think you said it in the group chat today. I'm convinced Twitter looks at the score, sees the final score and reads the headlines of a few articles and then goes fucking mental on a keyboard. But I I feel like that's a lot of like even professional hockey writers too. Like there's no way that like every hockey writers, like we're talking about like awards a lot now because they're kind of naming them out. And like, there's no way that like every hockey writer watched every Florida Panthers game to to determine yeah but at least they, at least they watch but tape like, or they're they're watching what they're talking about no i know like but i feel like they'd see a lot of i'm not defending those people at all because like they i don't want to talk about teams that i don't watch either um, yeah you so don't we know share, that, we like share the same opinion on that like <laughs> i didn't like i felt weird writing about the flyers like early this season i was so focused on the wild because i'm like the actual like in charge there the wild blog that i was watching a lot of the wild and sometimes yeah. they play when the Flyers play. So I wasn't watching a lot of Flyers. So I felt weird writing about them, a team that I didn't yeah. watch. Yeah. So I literally took like two weeks and was like, I'm going to watch as much of like past Flyers games as I can and like try to form an opinion. Um, yeah. But like, I feel, fuck, where was I going with this? But I feel like the, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of writers out there, like analysts and like Twitter, like people that get paid for their words. Um, yeah, they just well, I get those it's, the, the data miners that like their job is to sift through the data and like that's it. But I'm talking people who like I don't know, I just people who like clearly don't watch the game, then form an opinion off of a couple of they don't even read articles, they just read headlines. They look at a score and read some headlines. Like they see things like outshot 35 to 8. Yeah. One but then like you, overtime. <laughs> yeah, and then you see like whatever the I don't know, like what actually happens and like how Montreal was doing whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like there is a lot of like, if you're a fan of another team, I don't blame you doing that because I do that sometimes, especially when like franchises that I despise, like lose a very crucial game. I get to make like making fun of them or whatever. But it comes mm-hmm. to another point where it's like you're being really specific of like a player is bad and you've like never watched them. Yeah, like you just look at the box score or whatever, or you look at like certain stats and you determine that player is plus my plus minus. <laughs> yeah, like we could go into like analytics versus eye test, but I feel like everyone kind of everyone from both sides, well, maybe not has the, like, compelling every, arguments. Yeah, and like it's kind of 
the right way to determine is like a mix of both. Like it's all context. Um, no, for sure. So yeah. But anyways, that's like summarizing like the last 10 years of Twitter, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It is, it is just odd. Like seeing so many takes come out of this where like, I feel like this postseason it's one to just like enjoy and just like ride the wave of like how insane this is because like Montreal yeah. is not a very good team in the regular season. And yeah. like, you could just sit back and, and like, just enjoy the craziness of like this game. Like it's, yeah, it's come to a point where it's like, you just want to watch and see what happens. Like even with the Islanders, mm-hmm. where, like they've been here before, like literally last year it was Boston and them in these yeah. final, but like, it's been so weird that they're not a team that expects and maybe they just like know how to play in the playoffs because they've been there so long and like, and play a certain style that just gets you success in the playoffs. And Montreal is kind of up there too, where they're just able to suffocate offenses and teams that rely so heavily on scoring um, Mm -hmm. kind of just fall to their whim, but it's, it's, I don't know. You could just enjoy sports. Like you don't have to like take two things too seriously. No, like, I know. Yeah. I think that I think the Canadians run kind of summarizes that everything up. Just like enjoy it. Like even just fucking have fun. Thomas, Enjoy. that's such a great point. I feel yeah. um I feel like um how would I describe this? Okay, I'm gonna use my father-in-law as an example because he's like a pretty diehard Habs fan. And he has as long as Robin and I have been together, has always like kind of pushed this thing like oh you know you know have fun having grandkids or well our kids his grandkids that are going to be Habs fans like that's the way it's going to be and it's funny because I think that there's this there's this group of people who like hate the Habs and they don't even really realize why they hate the Habs and I know that sometimes it's like bred into us as Leaf fans living in Ontario that like you hate the Habs and you hate the Senators and the thing that's crazy to me is, is that most of these people aren't old enough to understand why we hate the Habs. And I'm not mm-hmm. seeing that to be like a gatekeeping guy. I'm just saying that like, you're pro- like, I'm not even really old enough to understand where that kind of like hate and vitriol comes from. And then on top of that, I also think that as I get older and like, I guess probably being more involved in hockey and like doing the podcast and scouting and all those other things, I've tried to just be like more objective about it. So although I'm a Leafs fan, it's very hard to deny how good the Habs have been. Whether I'm a Leafs fan or I'm a fan of a different team, I almost feel like people need to have that objectivity to enjoy what they're seeing. Right. So for sure. Like, like, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that people are like, Oh, you know, I'm a Leafs fan. And I can't enjoy that the Habs are doing good. And it's just like, yo, why don't you just like watch and enjoy the hockey for what it is? Mm -hmm. You probably like, you know, you're probably most people I would say on hockey Twitter, let's say, are probably more understanding of why the Leafs don't like Boston more so than why they don't like the Senators or don't like the Habs, right? So it's just... It's so fucking backwards to me. And I mean, listen, I'm anti-Vegas. I've always been anti-Vegas. I don't care. Um, if Vegas wins the cup, I'll be furious. Um, so although I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, um, I want uh, the Habs to do well, but I want the Islanders to do better. 
go ahead. Kurt. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, like just to that point, like, and I, we spoke about this in the group chat, like one of the stupidest hills people's people have been dying on is like the Habs are not Canada's team. And like, like they made it out of the Canadian division and they don't know why right. they, they can't support it. Like it's like the proofs in the pudding. Bergevin wouldn't be up for coach of the year. Um, the Habs wouldn't be playing the hockey that they're doing, um, especially under a coaching switch this late in the game. And like they, yeah, like they, they're like such a, and it's not even like they're, they're a deep team because they have, um, they have specific roles for each individual player on that team. And like they have, they play a four line game. And so it's, it's hard to like, that's why I think a lot of these people, like you said, don't know why the Leafs hate the Habs and they don't know why they're forming their opinions on like putting them down for like not being Canada's team. Like I, like I said to you guys, I'd be the first person to put on a Leafs hat or to put on a Sens hat or to put on a Winnipeg hat. If that was the only team coming out of our division and they were in the semifinals, I'd be like, well, fuck yeah. Like I want to see a Canadian team take it. Like this has been a long time coming. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, that's, that's been one of the like, the weirdest thing where like hockey is supposed to be about community and about like togetherness and like national pride and everything like that. Like we have no problem cheering for IHFs and things like that. But when it comes down to what color your sweater is um, on that stage, it, it kind of confuses me a little bit. Um, and it, it, I just found, found it kind of frustrating as a fan and as an enjoyer of hockey, because like you said, you get older, you mature and you start to rationalize your fandom and why you're making the decisions that you do and you become more of an appreciator of the game rather than some fucking idiot who just likes the color blue and white or the red white mm-hmm. and blue or yellow and black you know what i mean and so it's i don't know these these grown, grown people who can't take their heads out of their ass and just be like wow these teams are playing great hockey like my buddy yeah. was messaging me the other day i was like i honestly saw florida or minnesota going way farther than the habs would have gone like and I'm a half. Yeah, if Minnesota was in the north, they would have been here. Yeah, yeah. and so that and that's what I said. And he was like, like, he's like, the Abs are the deepest team. And I was, and then I was like, well, no, like Grubauer has been good for a couple of years. They still have a floating lineup, like coming down, like this far in the series. And he's like, whoa, it didn't mean to trigger you, bro. And I was like, well, like, you yeah, can, like you, that you, you I, think, talk uh, hockey. Like, I think the Abs yeah. are the. But yeah, also like, you could have a hockey debate and not like go like whoa like your person you're taking it really personal like it's just like yeah. uh, you can have a friendly debate of it i do believe yeah. the abs are the deepest team but um i feel like they're the most top heavy team like, no they're like look at their third and fourth lines they have like burakovsky donskoy um brandon side was on their th- like third line like yeah they're unreal mm-hmm. and their defense their top four is like probably the best in hockey yeah um yeah but yeah uh I don't know. I feel like even you don't even need to take it too far with like enjoying Canada's team. Like if you're a fan of another team, you can still watch the games and still like have preferences of like teams and like kind of choose who you want to win. Like, I feel like that's oh, such sure. a common hockey, such a weird thing. And I know we talked about it before of how like hyper-focused hyper, like localized every team is and, and hockey is just in generally of like, trying like fans will only cheer for their team and only that team and not even watch other games like yeah it's 
like we're the kind of the the freaks that just watch it like no matter what but it's just like a common thing of like we just like when hockey's on <laughs> well yeah and like yeah we have a hockey podcast we're just going to talk about the sport no matter what who's playing but like there's like every like 95 percent of hockey fans only watch their team and don't even know who's in like the final four unless like they tune in or whatever like it's just like mm-hmm. right or like who's like the coach of the like the Canadians right now and their situation. Like it's only for like the freaks that follow it every day. Um, but just like enjoy the sport. Like you see that in the NBA, NFL, um, baseball when the playoffs are on, soccer, especially, where like there's so many neutral fans tuning in. Where like in, I feel like in hockey, it's like not a thing of yeah. like of people just enjoying certain teams and just enjoying the games that are like yeah. diehard, like that are do or die kind of thing. And like, yeah, you're seeing, like I started following a lot of Raptors Twitter, like a couple of seasons ago, um, like their championship run and stuff. And like, you're seeing so many of them, like tuning into like random, like Mavs Clippers games, or like Clippers jazz where like, they literally have no, like maybe they want to see Kawhi Leonard play again, but like, there's literally no other ties. Like, to the teams and like they talk about the Suns like they're like a great team like they know the like Monty Williams and what kind of job he's done as a coach and all this stuff and like his story I feel like just following the league as a whole is like mm-hmm. such a more common thing in other sports and especially North American sports that like just doesn't exist in hockey for some reason well people appreciate the sports in those like yeah like, yeah people don't appreciate the sports they appreciate the like the bickering of being a fan like like you never really like obviously like they're in in football or like soccer story like there's like bars for man U, there's bars for chelsea and like mm-hmm. they get in fist fights when there's like when there's tension between the two clubs and everything like that right um but that's that's like a history that goes back so far but they can still like they still appreciate and recognize the game right um whereas i feel like yeah in hockey it's it's almost like these like faceless warriors <laughs> like to an extent like and it doesn't matter who's there they just they want to bicker about the sweater right um and i feel like a lot of people don't appreciate or even watch the game or frankly know the game enough and i i hate taking that side but i you like you see it pop up so much like these people that just they don't they don't know the game it's it's hard to like it's, argue and talk with yeah. people like that because they like they like Chris said they don't know why they hate the Canadians but they also don't know why they yeah. like the Leafs or they don't know why they like the Lightning or they don't know why they like Boston and frankly they're not putting the time into like they're just I don't know it's 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 weird because of uh, getting more involved in it not playing um you see kind of like how things work because I never really like I played hockey and I liked watching hockey and I never really thought too much past that but it's, yeah, I, I think I just need to delete Twitter. I think that's where a lot of my frustrations are coming from mm-hmm. this past couple mm-hmm. months. <laughs> Sorry, last thing I'll just say on it, because I know we probably want to talk about like what's actually going on and not just like blanket off-season stuff that could be last, that could just like, yeah, be an off-season podcast. But um, it's just like, I feel like it's also up to media and the like broadcast to educate fans too like if fans if you're a casual fan of a team like say you're just a a Leafs fan from Sudbury or whatever like you're not like diehard anything else but you're just like casually watching the every game like I feel like if you don't know the game like quote-unquote no then I feel like it's up to a lot of like 
media and broadcast to educate of like tactics and formation. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want to hear that, then that's fine. But it's also like, it's the balance of entertainment versus like, do you want to know what's going on a lot of the time? And yeah. I feel like that, I feel like a slow transition into more of like people really being interested in tactics. Like when I joined, like when I got really into hockey, probably like after, I don't know, probably like in middle of university after I was like studying and stuff like that, I feel like there was no interest in like formations and plays and like all these yeah. certain like types of four checks and like, then now you're kind of seeing more interest in it. I'll be like, I want to know kind of what's going on in power play formation. So I can have an opinion on yeah. like, why is this coach running the same power play that every other, the one, three, one that every other team fucking does. And like, yeah. it's so I mean, easy to defend against. Like, I'm just saying it's a two way street rather than people yeah. just creating no. all these false hills to die on. Like, yeah, it's also up to, the, and- it's up to the person to like actually seek that out too now. And now it's yeah. kind of being easier to, cause there are, there are more writers that talk about coaching and taxes yeah. and stuff like that. But I feel like a, uh, like a sport like basketball in the NBA, like so many fans more so know plays with that and like can easily like detect it because, and I've been watching a lot more NBA playoffs than normally just because I've had more time. Um, and like the broadcast does talk about plays like a box and one or like a zone play zone defense and all this stuff. And they do talk about that more than like the hockey broadcast does. So I feel like it's up to the teams and maybe with more interest, they'll kind of edge towards that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to change, but. Guess we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, yeah. I agree with like sentiments that you both have shared. I just feel like, um, I, I don't know why, but it feels almost like this playoffs feel like more divisive maybe than they've been before, which is like sparking a lot of this conversation, especially yeah. just because of the way that teams went out. Um, you know what I mean? And, and I, I think that's like a, a, a point to bring up too, is, um, as we like make our way into like the Vegas and, and Montreal series, because doesn't make sense to talk about stuff that's already happened uh, if, if we don't need to. But, um, you know, I look at that series and I'm just like, you know, there's all these people that are like, yeah, the North was really bad and the North was really easy to get through. And I'm like, those things might be true, but, you know, especially now that we've seen game four last night, um, yeah. I also just think that like, you know, what if Montreal was just a good team that plays a good system who has a good goalie right now? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. you can't, you can't just sum it up to, to luck or whatever else. Um, I think if you look at Colorado and the people that are like, oh, you know, Colorado should have been able to do it. Well, yeah, that's fine. But like, you know, what if they just didn't have good goaltending? What if Grubauer isn't as good of a goalie as people think he is? And maybe Price got hot at the right time. You know, like yeah. I think all of those things yeah. can be true without this like really uncivil discourse that people want to have on the fucking internet. You know what I mean? I, yeah yeah i feel like taking a lot of like bold statements of like this team is bad this team's good from like playoff rounds especially in a sport like hockey so just like i don't know i feel like it's very blanket and like it's lazy it's late okay i was gonna say lazy but like yeah, yeah. it's very like it playoff like hockey is like a fucking weird sport that like just depends on bounces and has like the best team wins maybe 65% of like the, the time. 
Like it's not, yeah. it's such like, uh, Oh, it's higher... severely meant. It's severely mental. Like it's playing, yeah, at, playing at that stage of the game. Like you're, as soon as you're there, it's, you're fighting yourself. You're not playing the team again, like on the other side of the ice, you're playing yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people like fail to realize about playoff hockey is it's like, it's intense. It's like grueling. It's, it's truncated. Um, like you're playing yeah. more and more often and it's, it's a, uh, it's a mental like hill to climb like internally. And I think a lot of people don't like they, they chalk things up to playoff luck, like Chris said, or like you said, making lazy, like, Oh, this team's good. This team's bad. So this team's good. This team's going to go, this team's going to lose, but it's, you see teams like, um, like the Leafs should have beat the Habs, the Jets should have mm-hmm. beat the Habs. Um, like the Panthers should have won. Um, Boston should have won. Washington should have won. Like if we're talking about like teams that are good or teams that are like historically or on paper, like have the edge over one of them, but it's a mental, it's a mental thing, it's, you know, and it's yeah, even even with like so easily. Even with specific players, like goaltending, it's like it's seven games at most. So like I feel like you can't really depend, you can't say like a player, they should get rid of a player because they didn't play that well in like game seven or whatever. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like that just making really bold statements like that, or just like determining that this team isn't good enough to really, like, even with the Leafs, like if we're staying Leaf centric, like I don't think they should do that much to the roster. Like maybe Mm -hmm. shuffle around a couple of bottom six pieces because you want more offense than like what Thornton and Simmons were getting you in the playoffs. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah. So, and like Robertson might be there next year and like kind of just graduate from there and get more prospects in and young offense. But like, other than that, I don't think they should do anything. Like Marner and Matthews won't have that type of series again. Like, it's like, it's not a running trend. It's not a, like if they had a full season and they like, and Matthews comes out and he's like scores 15 goals. Yeah. Maybe he's shit, but like, it's, well, it's so mental. Many, he wasn't like, ready to prepare for like getting shit on for not scoring. Yeah, Neither it's just a, It's just like you don't need to make these rash decisions or rash like. Yeah. Just like. But, and, and that's a series for the Leafs. Like shame me once or like fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. Right. Like it's, and so like they're not going to go into another playoff round and fuck up like that again. Like they're going to put their head right. down. They're probably going to turn off their phones and they're probably going to try and stay as much as Toronto media will let them stay away from what's being said about them. And they're going to, well, yeah. And that's, sorry, go ahead. Push, no, they're just going to push through. Like, it's like, I feel like those yeah. young guys at that stage of the game when they're, cause the, the Leafs are a team that like, once the train starts like rolling, it's super hard to stop it. And yeah, the, the Canadians, once they like kind of got up on them, they, it was hard for those guys to get the train rolling like it because the train that was rolling and for some reason it stopped and they couldn't get it rolling again but they i think it was those guys that like they they had all the ability and the talent in the world and then they they let their mental edge slip for whatever reason right yeah yep i'm with you buddy i think that (laughs) sorry i'm (laughs) i'm on my lunch break so i'm like in between bites i'm sorry that was rude Um, it's okay. At least you mute during like eating and not like just having this crunching in the background well, for our I'm audience. Trying to be thoughtful. Um, Thomas, do you want to uh, 
talk about some of your takes from uh, the most, you know, the most recent Hab series against the Knights. Where are you at? What do you think have been some highlights, some lowlights? So what I was impressed by last night, so game four, so recording this on Monday, um, was the Habs' ability to even, like, prevent Vegas from getting any shots on goal. Like, the Vegas' game through the Wild Series, through the Ab Series, has been able to technically outshoot the opponents, but, like, a lot of their shots have come from the outside. Not so much. I think it was game two, I want to say, where they won, but, like, they heavily outshot the Habs and they were getting a lot of like in close looks um, and kind of scored that way too. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I was impressed by like just their ability to like kind of make the job easy for price and kind of with that. And I think Petrie, his presence has like really improved the whole team and kind of made that easy to win. Um, and you kind of saw it against them missing him the last few games against the Jets, even though they're able to win them. Um, there's this like sense of just kind of urgency in their defensive zone, but I don't know. I think <laughs> even though I say this, like it all like try to think of like how the Habs have impressed me, it all comes down to like officiating right now. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, That's it's fair. gone on. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous how like the Habs have now had two games where they've had, so they had one penalty. They were able to get one power play opportunity last night, and they had zero in game two. Like, I don't know how you get just, like, an actual – like, what they actually do on the ice to get zero power plays in a game, in a playoff game. Like, it's, like – it's clearly just the refs, like, wanting to pl- – for guys to play out. And if you see some of that, like, shit that went down last night with, like um, – fuck, who is it? Like, McNabb just punching – I forget who it is. Suzuki, and I'm like – there was another one where like or Weber hit from behind and yeah, then the ref I think, watched them. I think fight. it was like, Alex Tuck literally did like a WWE move on on Dano. Dano, yeah. yeah. Like it's just like it's fucked up of how like they're able to just get away with this shit. And like it's it's not even playing to the crowd too, because they're in Montreal at that point. Like it's it's just yeah. like I don't know what's happening, and you're seeing it from the crazy thing to me, like. So I wrote a thing for Yahoo literally on this morning about like just reactions from last night. But like um, the crazy thing for me is like media members, like Gordon Miller was like tweeting out like what the fuck is happening or like, and like Stu Cohen and um, Ken Campbell, like all these like high, like good respected, um, like hockey people, media members, mainstream media members are like, actually calling out officiating like people that don't mm-hmm. normally comment on like very fanish stuff like that like complaining about refs are like okay something's actually like gone awry because of how bad it is and it was just like it was like abhorrent last night yeah it was a tough game to watch last night and it has been a tough game to watch like the entire series right like in vegas it was a little better but and i yeah, hate to be still... the guy that like that pegs things up to officiating or anything like that but it really right. has like even last night's overtime goal, the linesman was in the way. Like the linesman kept the puck in and they ended up winning in overtime, right? And so it's like, it's crazy to see like, like what type of influence that can have. And like when you play, you're like, you try to like get that out of your mind. Like the refs are an uncontrollable constant. Like you have to get used to that, like that intangible variable of like the human element of the refereeing, right? But it's, 
um, yeah, it's just been crazy. I, that's why my voice is gone today is because I was literally like screaming at my TV. Cause I was like, Holy shit, this is, and Chris knows how much I like refs. And so you can just imagine me in the kitchen screaming at my TV. Well, it, it's like the game within the game. Right. Like, and it was yeah. funny cause I was gonna be like, Carter's never yelled at a ref before. I can't be right. <laughs> but the funny thing is there is like, it really is a game within a game. Right. Because you then see the coaches adjusting, you know, what their game plan looks like based on what the refs are calling or are not calling, right? And then, mm-hmm. like, that obviously has some impact. Uh, excuse me. And it's one of the only variables, I would say, that there's just really no control over, right? No. You have to understand early on in the game what the strikes are calling, what they're not calling, what they're going to let go, what they're not going to let go, vice versa, back and forth in perpetuity and it's yeah it's definitely challenging right because i think you know they were getting they were getting away with stuff they wouldn't normally get away with and there's even times i like looked at the expressions on the players faces where they were expecting to get called for something and then didn't get called for something so it's it's very strange uh, how that part is kind of playing out and i think that um you know if there was some semblance of consistency in terms of what they call in the regular season versus what they call, you know, in the playoffs. Um, I can't remember who it was yesterday, but just in the spirit of conversation uh, and what you wrote about this morning, Thomas, I want to say it was maybe Darren Dreger, like Ray Ferraro, one of the TSN folks um, was talking about, yeah, it might've been Ray um, who was talking about how like the IIHF games are like pretty called, like down the middle, right? So like if it's very obviously an interference, they're going to call it. If there's, you know, a little bit of nastiness or whatever happening behind the play, you know, maybe they call a roughing penalty. But at the very least, it's consistent, right? So mm-hmm. I understand that there's this layer of like tough warrior, hockey, you know what I mean, in the playoffs. And there's like a little bit of this stuff too. But like, you know, wh- however you look at it in the rule book, like if you punch a guy in the face, like that's a roughing penalty, like yeah. full stop. That's what it's called. That's why it's there. So to have this stuff happen and you've got a cross check Weber in the numbers. Like, yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah. so there's this video and listen, Twitter is stupid. We always talk about that, but there's this video of Chris Lee, one of the refs last night, seeing the punch in the face to Suzuki and literally looking away. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that could have just been, you know, whatever in the moment, whatever, but it's funny because you know, our brains are telling us like, this is how I feel. I, I feel like the refs aren't even paying attention. And then you get that visual cue of the ref, like quite literally looking away from what's oh, just the, happened. The, the refs are watching it. Like I was so, I was so frustrated last night. I even went into like the bowels of hockey boards, which I never do. And oh, nice. I, you're just cruising on HF boards out of one. Yeah. And I, I'm like, <laughs> and someone was like, Chris Lee has, and I don't know the validity to this. I, once I saw that, I just turned off my phone because I couldn't believe I'd actually stoop to that level. <laughs> and <then> I was, <laughs> I just don't look at the trade proposals and you'll be fine. Okay. Okay. But someone was like, Chris yeah. Lee is like refed 25,000 games, like over his like career, like in and about. Um, and like he's, like ref from like 1999 or something crazy like that and he um and he i guess like calls penalties like one percent less than like most refs but 14 percent more for the canadians and when teams play against chris lee 
um, I guess the Habs, they normally like, or the Habs lose 36% more of their games when they like play with Chris Lee. And I was like, I did see someone tweet that out or something. It was yeah. Like, I was like, wow, yeah. that's so like, I was like, as if someone like that quick, like, <laughs> cause it was like yeah. posted like right after the game, like went into like this analysis of like the, the Chris Lee Habs bias. And I was like, well, it was as much as I don't like buying into that bullshit. You could see it last night. Like, and it was, it was a rough look. And I, I feel bad because like Thomas said, they're, they're like bees. They're keeping shots to the outside. And even, even Friedman was saying last night, like in one of the intermission interviews, he's like, I'd be curious to see what, uh, like a shot board from tonight, because like these golden Knights just aren't getting chances from the slots mm-hmm. or like the looks like that they were getting um, in the previous series. And so like, especially against the avalanche. Um, and so it's it, like Canadians are playing good hockey and it's yeah they're doing all the they're doing all the right playoff things right and so it's that i was like well yeah you definitely saw the bias last night like there's no way that yeah. you can outshoot a team that severely out like chance them out shot attempt them out slot chance like slot attempt them and then then have that happen you know yeah absolutely I, yeah it's it's like i get playoff like a little more leniency with penalties like that's just a yeah. natural thing of like I am influenced. I don't want to influence the game because like, so I'm not going to, it's like human nature kind of thing. It's kind of what we saw with, um, fuck what happened earlier. Um, Tim Peel, that whole thing of like in that Nashville game from like the regular scene of like, Oh, I don't want to like, I had to make up do that makeup call or whatever. And I get yeah. like it's human nature, not trying to influence the game. Like if there's two minutes left in the third and a team is down one, you're not going to like, try to give like not going to call a, a week a week penalty or something like a very weak one oh, where, like suzuki's call last night where they went on the power play was brutal also like yeah. it was but <laughs> but like also it's like if it's so obvious like weber's cross-checked or like the tuck move on to no like it's so obvious literally right in front of them like you have to call it like it's literally someone so who's never watched the sport before could say yeah, it, be like, you shouldn't be able to do that like i yeah. get hockey's a rough sport but it's like you shouldn't be able to do that in the middle of play like it's clear like no, doesn't matter if like the puck's nearby or the puck's right there like it's like you shouldn't be able to do that and that's pretty much like as close as like a refereeing agreement you can just have it's like yeah does it look right no okay then maybe the other team should have a power play yeah yeah, like, two minutes for a tombstone pile driver on Alex Tuck. Yeah, Canadian destroyer. Like I mean, if it's going against the the Golden Knights, like really, who cares? It just, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yo, can I tell you guys that um, I just I absolutely hate the Golden Knights. Like, I don't think I've ever had yeah, we know. hatred for a team like I do the Golden Knights. They. <laughs> is it their twitter account do you uh maybe you're yeah there. it's their twitter account it's their their whole like demeanor uh, just all of it just i don't like their jerseys they've just fucking they've always yeah, kind of rubbed me the wrong way i've tried to like them i tried to like the all white the white gloves and stuff but like all these hockey people are like oh yeah sick white gloves like something different but it's just like it's the whole shininess to it like i'd rather like you need something simple and the, it I helps just, that the Habs have the best jerseys. So, like, just the the mix of it. But I don't Carter, know, just, would you say that you're anti Golden Knights now? 
this, oh, season's yeah. tip, this season's tipping me over the edge. I was a lifer, but the season or this the series is like really pushing me because like they're they're a great team. Like it's I'm not gonna like discredit the fact that they have great hockey players and that they're they play uh, like with a strong forecheck and they create opportunities for themselves. Um, but yeah, they're just they're playing. They know they're getting away with shit and like their characters kind of coming out um like throughout the narrative and so it, you can really tell that they're like they're like okay you know what these refs aren't calling anything let's get away with some shit like when you saw i think it was petrangelo um give the butt end to gallagher last game or the game before like in front of the ref and the ref just kind of like pushed petrangelo along and petrangelo like literally just like like 18 inches out of his hand sent a butt end to Gallagher's chin. And I was like, wow, like, okay, this is who this team actually is. Like, I don't really, yeah. I don't I, really buy that. The thing with Vegas is like, for me, it's just like maybe just the weird way that like my hockey fandom works is that like, if you literally took that team, like full, like staffed players, farm system, everything, and just plot and took them out of Nevada and put them in like, literally anywhere else like uh in the midwest or something or like just took it out of vegas and that whole like shiny thing and like got rid of their jerseys and like got rid of their whole logo and like everything and just took that exact team how they play whatever and put them in like i don't know hartford or something or like just nowhere then i feel like i love this team it's just like the whole demeanor of like Vegas. the shininess in vegas and like and well, yeah that's the, the whole i'd love to see like, him in my jersey like mentality. yeah like, I, like this this team would be like one of my favorites because like that blue line theodore uh petrangelo white cloud and like they have forwards like and they actually built their team out well like making the mark stone trade making the patcheretti trade kind of like going i'm gonna do this right kind of making their expansion draft work for them getting all those picks then like then yeah and using them to get really good players so they could be good right away and kind of build history and moments and stuff in this early franchise like i feel like they've run their whole team so well and i wouldn't be surprised if they won a cup literally this year like if they just come out and win the and win everything but yeah like, like it just sucks that it's vegas like it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> like if seattle if this was if they expanded to seattle first literally the team look the like and everything but it all went the same way this would be like everyone's favorite team but it's just like the whole shininess of it and it fucking just sucks <laughs> i don't know if i'm like a cranky old like i like the like old-fashioned jerseys kind of fucking shit well, you but... know what it, 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 it's it's what anaheim did with the ducks like it's the same mentality almost like they were like they were one of the first teams to introduce like skating out of an animated tunnel and like have all of this like flashiness and fandom like extraordinaire around their expansion team right but the ducks ended up i i i don't know it's maybe they were a bit more received because it wasn't las vegas but yeah uh, but it's yeah i don't know it's yeah, I, I completely get it. I don't like the show dancers. <laughs> I don't like the... Like, that idea is good. Like, oh, yeah, like, make it more of an entertaining product. Like, ha, he gets it. But it's just, like, the idea of it being very Vegasy. Like, yeah. if Boston or something had, like, 
weird Boston things like bagpipes or some shit. And then it'd be like, okay, just make it more like a show or whatever. But <laughs> the dropkick oh Murphys play it. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like Texas Have having you like a rodeo that you just at like halftime. You just don't know how to ship it up to Boston. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Carolina having like a barbecue eating contest or some shit. I don't know. Like, oh, wow. Breeding that pink mascot that they had. Yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, speaking of Hamilton, <laughs> it's a great segue. Oh, <laughs> um, and we will talk about Tampa and uh, the Islanders here shortly. But what do you guys think of that situation with uh, with Dougie Hamilton? Do you want to take it, Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You... <laughs> um, I, I think it's a good play by Carolina. Um, that I think it's going to be good for them no matter what, even if he agrees to another team in principle, then they could kind of work out a sign and trade and kind of get something back for him. Um, yeah. The worst scenario would be like, if they agree, like say he agrees to be going to, I don't even know what team had a cast space for him, but um, I don't know. Like Anaheim. Sure. If, if he agrees to go sign for the ducks. Um, oh God. Uh, then like and then he just like waits it out until July. Fuck, what is it? July twenty seventh. The free agency is now. Um, yeah, yeah. If he just waits out then with the agreement, like agreed in principle, without Carolina getting anything, then sure. Um, that's like probably the worst situation. But Carolina's going to get something back for him, or he's going to go out there and see that the best deal he can get, considering the com- the like comfort he has in Carolina he might like be fine shedding a couple million just to stay with the Canes, um, Mm -hmm. which like they could still do, like they're going to offer him something. It's not like a situation where they're just not going to offer him anything. Um, Yeah. You just test the market, right? Yeah. So I think it's just ideal. And he, everyone probably knows my opinion on Dougie Hamilton is that like, he's probably one of the best right-handed defensemen like in the league. Um, So it's, any team that gets him is going to be like immediately way better on both ends of the ice, way more yeah, offensively yeah. than defensively, obviously. But like, I think he just makes every team better. So um, yeah, pretty much any team should probably try and go get him. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I think, think all the, all the tr- Toronto bullshit is pretty, like, he's not going to Toronto. Fuck that. No, like, I know. <laughs> like the, I, but I don't know how people think that he can actually like land there. Like that was, yeah, okay, a, that was but what weird... if he, what if he does, what if he does? He's not going to land there. Like he's, he's more likely to go to like to Philly or Chicago before Toronto. And Philly's not even interested in him. That's fun. I know. You guys are crazy. Philly literally is. They got the wrong. Philly Philly needs a right-handed D. Philly is like a perfect fit. He would literally improve that team so much. Cause like all they need is like. The only, the only way Toronto could get them is if they, uh, if they offsuited a bit of his contract with ROM tickets. No, no, just to no, bring no, down his me. AAV. <laughs> He's like, and I want the science center, and I want, I want beer tickets. I don't care if it's in Scarborough. Canada's I'll make the trip. <laughs> oh my god! You know what's crazy though is that um, there's this narrative around like Dougie Hamilton couldn't handle the media in Toronto, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm sure the media in Philadelphia is a lot friendlier. Aha! <laughs> Give me a break. 
that narrative is tired, bro. That narrative needs a pillow. Like, ugh. This, what, the, uh, the, yeah, the media market in Philly? Yeah, yeah the like media the media market in Philly is, is somehow going to be better suited for somebody like Dougie Hamilton. Like, no, I think it would be worse than Toronto, it's, honestly. That's I, what yeah, I'm I think, saying. <laughs> I think the media market in Philly is more player-centric and Toronto is more organization-centric. Yeah, they yeah. Toronto hates Dubas. Philly yeah. hates literally every single player on there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like Toronto First would blame management and coaching before they blame any player. Um, unless like it's like a Lou Lemorello or whatever, because he does everything perfect. But like <laughs> literally, like, yeah, Philly, my experience with Philly sports is that everything is miserable and people want to point fingers at like their best players for some reason like they like there are fan philly like flyers fans blaming like Giroux this season just because they weren't winning games but Giroux had like one of the best seasons in his 30s like it's just like he i don't know philly's fucked like honestly it's just so like it could be a whole like podcast on its own of just like philly sports media and like it's a very similar <laughs> vibe to toronto because there's this like old guard that like are fucking clueless like uh steve simmons and everyone like there's basically a copied version it's like an alternative universe toronto there's like a copied version of every bad toronto media member and they're like in philadelphia it's the upside down oh my god it, yeah literally there's like so <laughs> there's some like memes around like philly sports too there's this guy named wayne fish who's been writing philly sports for a while and he tweets out things basically like 10 minutes after they happen like drew will score and like and it's like the intermission and he scored like beginning of the first period and like drew scores one nothing philadelphia and everyone's like yeah <laughs> they're like way to go fish yeah way thanks. to go cool um yeah. so let me ask you guys this what's the best case scenario for uh dougie hamilton before we move on where do you think he goes where do you think he's most happiest? And do they have any museums in the city? Um, um, I, like, I know I, so I was reading, well, just like reading about like different places to go. A lot of places, a lot of people are saying Chicago, like they have the oh cap space. God. They have the, um, they need a turnaround. They obviously need the help there. Um, and it's it's Chicago and Philly. And the more I like read about it, the more it makes sense. Like I read Winnipeg somewhere, but I don't think you would have like a good time in Winnipeg. I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the system for him there. But I think Chicago or Philly would be fun to see him in. I think especially Chicago. I think like, realistic. Realistic. I think my gut is saying. Like it'd be interesting if Ottawa wants to penny up the cash and like kind of have them. I know there. they're they're putting all their money into Kadri, remember? Oh yeah. <laughs> I haven't even read that anywhere. Um oh, but one God. one place like that it's so obvious he's going is Seattle. Yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say. He is so destined for like they have all the cap in the world, so he's gonna get the a big contract. He's gonna get the money. He has a fresh start. On a t on in a media market and fans that are just going to be positive no matter what because there's no expectation, so they're gonna and they and he is a very like just a Seattle type dude I feel like not knowing him personally or anything, but from having people that have literally like talked to him and worked with him or whatever, he just like it feels very Seattle-y like it's I don't know and it's a very good move where like 
he's young-ish. Like, what is he, 28? He's going to be 28 this season. Um, yeah. Like, next season. So, like, he's still young enough where, like, I feel like they can offer him a seven-year contract and not really feel anything. Like, if you think of, like, Brent Burns is 35. Like, Brent, if he, if Brent, this is Brent Burns' final year of a contract, then no one would really be complaining. Oh. Like, if he could follow that similar kind of style and maybe be a negative impact player into his 34, 35 year old, but like he's going to be worth it no matter what at the beginning and kind of for Seattle to come out and be like, we're going to actually try to sign these guys um, and like try to compete, not maybe as much as Vegas or like anything kind of luck into it, but have this kind of middle ground of being like, there's no expectations. So we're going to still get players. We're not going to fully rebuild and, have a shitty first year and we're going to like sign some guys like sign some good free agents then hell like i think it's just a perfect opportunity yeah i agree with that i think that that's probably the most likely spot as well um of course if something doesn't get done in carolina but yeah they're Mm going to have the cap space they're going to have the you know ability to get a guy like that in there and probably build a team around him which i think is really interesting I'm also curious, too, to see what happens with Seth Jones. I think we talked about Seth Jones maybe on the last podcast, but that was like six months ago, so who knows. Um, I also wonder if that plays into it at all, because uh, to Carter's point, I could see Seth Jones. Okay, Puck, where do you see Seth Jones, bud? Fuck. Um, <laughs> I could see Seth Jones maybe going to Dallas. I could see him maybe going to Chicago. Um you know, who knows what ends up happening with Klingberg, uh, Klingberg, excuse me, uh, in a place like Dallas, and maybe they look at uh, substituting him, uh, Seth Jones. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think Seth Jones is going to Philly. Um, I uh, Flyers have reportedly really liked him more than um, Hamilton, which is fucking dumb, honestly. Um, and... I think Friedman also mentioned Dumba as a possible Flyers option. Um, yeah. So I think, I don't know, the Flyers are going to get a defenseman and I think they're going to go after someone kind of big name. Like if Klingberg's available, even maybe him, um, but it might not be like the type of guy that they want. They're going to get right. someone um, and someone that like will for sure be given a lot of minutes and given a lot, a lot of opportunity. Um but yeah, I think with Seth Jones, it sucks that like a lot more, a lot of more teams are gonna like try to get Seth Jones over Hamilton. That like literally Hamilton will just cause you cap space, and like Seth Jones, you have to pay, and then he's gonna cause you cap space in a year. Um, yeah, it just sucks. Like it's just Seth Jones wasn't really good the past like like two or three years. Like he just was a middling. Like, sure, the team can affect that. And you've seen bounce backs similar. Like, Drew Doughty has had a bounce back. Like, this season, he actually played really well. Like, an above-average defenseman compared to his previous seasons where he was, like, bottom of the barrel um, and getting paid so much to do it. So, the team can really have an effect on it. And I think Philly, he might be better um, than he was in Columbus. But it is probably really risky to try and trade and give up a lot of probably premium assets to get him and then have to sign him to a contract anyway, like next season. Right. What's what's the difference between the Jones and the um the Hamilton contract? Isn't it just like a million? Well, you Hamilton will be a, in the a AV. 
Hamilton will be a UFA. Like Hamilton is a UFA, and Jones well, I just has meant, no like, more between year. between their like projected like it's probably around the same. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Like Jones, okay. Unless Hamilton gets a pretty sweet deal, like back in Carolina, and he only is making like eight. Um, I think Hamilton projection was seven years at eight point five. I want to say Ooh, good for him. Um, that was like if he signs with Carolina, I don't know if it's a different team, what he'll get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Jones, it'll probably be around the same or even more, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Are you ready? It's a good one. Yeah. If you're Seattle, would you rather have the ability to get, <clears throat> or I mean, he's already signed his new contract, but would you have rather the ability to have Rod Brindamore be the head coach? Or would you have rather the opportunity to sign a Dougie as a free agent? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good question. I think Hamilton. Uh, yeah, guys, I know it's a good question. I'm um, smart. I don't know. Brindamore, like, I don't know. It's like when it, it's it's tough to find good leadership. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Hamilton is, is yeah. an amazing hockey player. Um, but like I hate to say it, like another Dougie Hamilton will come around, um, but not a lot of times you see a Rod Brindamore come around. Um, like the guy, absolutely, is and they're like, harder and they're harder to get. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And so I think keeping keeping the captain at the helm is is a, a bit more of a a longevity play and um, a bit better of a spend of money. Um, and I don't know. I, I love Rod Brindamore. He's just such a, such a, he had such a gritty, like successful career. He's such a, like, I, like growing up, I loved Joe Sackick and I loved Steve Eiserman. Like I loved those, like those kind of like nose to the grindstone centermen. And then I like drifted over to Brindamore and like, it was tough to decide who I liked watching more. Right. Yeah. I, so my initial instinct was Dougie just because the player, I feel like more influence on the ice. Um, but considering what Gerard Gallant, another very like player focused coach was able to do in Vegas right away um, mm-hmm. and kind of rather the like gathered the troops kind of mentality. Cause my initial thing was like, okay, Rod is probably the best. Well, he literally just won the Jack Adams, but I feel like he's the best coach for teams that like need to get over the hump, like have an existing core, but then like really need, he's like probably the most motivational coach like out there and that's yeah. really what coaching boils down to um sometimes but so like for players from all across the league to come together and then gather around like one coach that can really motivate a team is probably very ideal depending like no matter what no matter who the actual player is um like i feel like that influence and that kind of group because chemistry does play a lot a lot of uh, like a very big part and these players will all be like haven't played together maybe they played junior together or whatever but like they have no experience on the ice together at the same time so it'll be interesting to see but i feel like Moore could have really brought them together and kind of kept them i don't know sane i guess i don't know if that's the right yeah. way but you know what I mean? No, I think that's true. There's such high expectations, right? I think, and that's like kind of where I'm interested with Seattle. And I mean, I think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Seattle in the next couple of months. So buckle up. 
Um, but I feel like, you know, you look at a team like the Vegas Golden Knights that have had this type of success that they've had so quickly. Um, it's hard to not think that, you know, at the back of their minds of not only the organization, but the fans, um, if they're going to be able to have a similar, you know, trajectory or similar path to success. Um, and I'm just not sure that that'll necessarily be the case, at least right away. What do you think, Carter? Um, I don't know. I think it's, it just depends on um, like if they do their expansion, right? Like it's, if they, like you, you see with the Islanders, like you can't have a team full of shooters. Like you need, you need people on the back end. You need people in the trenches. You need people that are willing to be that like C minus to C plus level player to fill that role. Right. And so if they can build uh, a smart, um like well-rounded roster rather than just trying to pick the all-star from each team or like the available all-star from each team then i think they could have like maybe not immediate success but i, I feel like they're like with the people that are up on the availability block they they could like really do some damage early like we saw in vegas right but um i think it's an easier market to ease into and people are so excited for seattle um like it's i feel like they're they've been like begging, like begging for hockey there for years. And so I think it's going to be, what? Sorry. Uh, it's like, we could talk about it later, but uh, okay. it's actually Seattle related. So that's kind of cool. But um, Oh, nice. But yeah, no, I, I think if, if they just, if they just do their expansion properly um, and it sounds like they're going to be making some interesting moves, I think it's they're They're going to be a good, um, a good bit right off the bat. Um. Oh wow, that's crazy. So yeah, so I guess we could talk about what happened. But I was gonna Go ahead, so Thomas. I was gonna touch on that about like expectations and stuff and expansion draft. But like concerning we probably like everyone shit on Vegas of how they did their expansion draft. Like we don't know what the like even if like Seattle uh, like I didn't is, shit on the expansion draft. Okay, but like taking <laughs> Lucas Pisa from like from Vancouver yeah. or like yeah. Derek Engeland from like from Calgary and being like, is he literally a UFA? Like, why do you take him now? But like all yeah. that shit. And like, they said, like everyone said, Oh, this team's going to suck. But like, and then they didn't. Um, so we don't know, even if like Seattle gets like the nod of approval from Twitter analysts, like and their media and stuff or whatever. But um, yeah, anyway, so what happened, what just happened is that JT Brown, um, a very nice player just retired from professional hockey. He played in um, the Osvenskin this past season because he couldn't get an NHL job. Um, so he played in the Osvenskin season. I think he lost in the finals um, of their like kind of championship, but he's retiring and joining the Kraken as um, a, the first TV color analyst. So he's going to be there you color. Go. He's going to be doing color on their broadcasts. Um, with John Forsland, who used to be the Canes broadcast and is probably my favorite play-by-play guy um, in the league, honestly. Um, watching the Canes a lot, he's been so good and so good with Trip Tracy, and they kind of just formed a chemistry there, and he's still, like, a lovable dad, I guess. I don't know. It's just, like, a very good guy. Um, and then him with JT will be really fun. So, yeah, I feel like that's going to be really good. Um, so that's good news. Yeah, I think that's great news, especially the impact that JT Brown's had on the community and, and been really instrumental in. Oh. 
um, sparking a lot of conversation uh, around uh, inclusivity and, and, and making sure that uh, his voice is heard. And I think that's such a brilliant hire. Like that's oh, yeah. really good. And Forsling wasn't there already, right? He was already Is announced. He being, like he, he was he was announced. Yeah, that's what he I was thought. announced, but he like he finished his season with Carolina. Like he did the past playoffs and stuff. Um, right. But yeah, like yeah, it's just it's good. Like the crap man. If if they can get Hamilton too, just Seattle just handing Carolina L's. I feel like it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, okay, last but not least, before we wrap up here, guys, uh, wanted to talk about uh, Tampa and the Islanders. Carter, do you want to get started on some of your thoughts around that series? Um, well, I, I can't stand Tampa. Like, it's it's funny. It, it's like, <laughs> it's um, like I, other than really like Hedman, I'm not a huge Hedman fan, but like watching like most of them, like individually, like they're great. And even Hedman's a great hockey player. Um, I just don't like like his style of play um but i was i was happy to see new york go up but um it was it's been like a gritty series like it's especially like the like that Pollock thing that's been all over the highlights like that's indicative of how new york has been playing they just somehow have been putting their their nose to the ground they've been shutting down point like point hasn't been getting um the type of opportunities and chances that he normally gets and they're they're isolating these like top producing and top attempting players um, to like reducing their, their production on the ice. And so I think New York's been doing a good job of um, kind of shutting or slowing Tampa's wheels down a bit. Um, and I've been happy to see it because I, out of the two, I'd, I'd rather see the Isles come out of that series. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't know. It's, it's been good. Like New York's been doing their job and they're another team that um, each player like plays such a specific like defined role and they've been falling into that for this playoff round. And so it's been good hockey to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thomas, what do you think? What have you enjoyed? So I have to admit, I've been watching a lot of their games because um, they've been going on the same time as the Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets series that I've been watching mm. um, more of. Is this ho- is this a hockey podcast or is this a basketball podcast? <laughs> no, we're general sports again, dude. We're general sports. Oh, right. Off season. Um, right, right, right. right I've, right. <laughs> I've watched games one and two. That's what I watched. Um, but yeah, it's just my impression is that like, New York is just doing their typical New York thing, but I think Tampa is the one team that kind of can break them a little bit because they're just too good. I've yeah. kind of like gone back and forth. I hated Tampa when they were playing Carolina because I wanted the Canes to win so badly. Um, but I feel like now they're kind of just this inevitable force that you kind of just have to sit back and try to appreciate of like how yeah. they've kind of built this team. They're going to be fucked in the off season. Like, I think this is, that's the one kind of, sense of like solitude that I could get is that they're going to be like this team is going to be changed in the offseason like it's almost like golden state war okay fuck this general sports podcast but okay it's go, almost ahead, like, go ahead it's almost like the general the <laughs> the general sports warriors the golden state warriors um like <laughs> after seeing they're like big four and you're like this team is going to be like completely separated like it's just going to be a complete like um Matt, fuck Chris. Jesus Christ. What? 
Don't be disrespectful. I didn't do shit to you, bro. That was me Jamie, in the Jamie chat, sorry, guys. Batman. Um, <laughs> oh, that was Carter. Sorry. That was fucking Jesus Christ. Um, oh, yeah. I read about this. I love that. Uh, J- Jamie Ben is Batman. Um, no, but uh, I don't know. What was I talking about? Sorry, man. I didn't think you were going to read it right after <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> I'm attached to my phone. You should know. Um, no, but after I, the final four, they'll be disbanded. Yeah, like they're they're gonna be like after they win the cup or whatever. If they win the cup, there's like their cap situation is too fucked that like they're they're gonna have to trade off pieces like Kalorn or like like they have to they have one more year point at that contract. He's gonna be getting such a big fucking pay raise. Like and yeah. they're Yanni Gord at like five million is still hard to like comprehend. Like it's such just a weird deal. And like Tyler Johnson, like I don't know. It's just like they're gonna have to do something. And I don't know what they're gonna do, but like yeah. they're gonna, you know what they're gonna fucking do is that they're gonna replace guys like Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau, and they're because they're gonna lose them to free agents because they're UFAs. They're gonna lose them yeah. and just replace them from inside with like no name uh prospects. Like, who's that other fucking French guy? Alex Berboulet, like he's going to be the next Blake Coleman because he's just going to score a bunch of fucking goals. And like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Tampa might change a little bit. Um, it'll be hard to say, but I do feel like there's going to be a different team next season. So maybe it's just like a little bit like enjoy this crazy roster right now. Cause it's not going to be like forever. They're going to dominate. So just try to enjoy it, I guess. But yeah, no, I feel the same way. I think that um, if they're able to win this series, I think it's going to be. Oh my god! Robin's screaming it. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I just think that you know, from the perspective of uh, me, the Islanders fan, um, I just think that they've they've been so. I've really changed my opinion on them. Like I used to think that they were very boring and now I'm just so obsessed with their defense and how well they play in that system. Um, yeah. Ryan Pollock's big, uh, big game saving, um, you know, block the other day aside, they've just been really fun to watch. Uh, and I think they're going to beat Tampa. Tampa, uh, you know, is probably like the great evil in the NHL right now because, you know, a lot of people are, upset about their salary cap thing which is by the way in the rules so don't be mad at tampa be mad at the nhl um and i think if they're able to win and they're able to beat tampa like i think you know they just show that they're a legit team that has a great system and similarly you know i I wonder if they're able to do something similar uh in the off season um and you know continue to rebuild the team it doesn't really matter who the player is necessarily, as long as they are suitable in the system, they'll have success there. Well, they're going to have to do a lot. Like, so it's funny that Vegas Islanders and lightning all have the top three cap hits next season. Like Islanders have literally 16 grand of cap space heading into the off season. Like <laughs> it's like, it's, they are like they can buy pucks next it. year. Yeah, perfect. You could buy a nameplate. Um, but I don't know. It's just like I feel that like 
I just want to have an interesting final because I feel like you've kind of not had that in a while. Like the Boston Blue, like the Bruins Blue series was okay, but I just didn't like enjoy it a lot because I didn't really like either team um, when they were playing. And like, I don't even remember. Like, yeah, it's Tampa Vegas. Was Tampa Vegas last? No, fuck, who was it? Who's uh, it last? Tampa. Uh, Tampa, Washington, was it? No, uh, that's not the final. The fuck? Uh, let's see. It was because I sound like an idiot. No, um, I love this. Please don't edit it out, Thomas. I'm not even going to tell you the, the fuck? I like this kind of scrambling. It's fun. Uh, oh, it was Dallas. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. yeah. That Jesus. fucking sucked. Oh, my God. That's because really Dallas was very, Dallas was very underwhelming. I wanted, like, they, yeah. So, like, like with like watching Ben and Perry and Radulov and all those like, and then even I fuck I even forget Dallas's goalie's name that they signed the extension to. He played such an amazing series. Bishop. Um, Bishop. Yeah, he was. It, it was such a like underwhelming series from Dallas's end, right? So I think that's why I rooted it in my mind as well. Oh, but like I I do feel like it'll be interesting if the Islanders come out of this and play Montreal. If Montreal comes out of it too, of like what that final is gonna look like. Like, I know a yeah. lot of people are, like, hating that idea. They're like, oh, Habs Isles, of course it's going to be Habs Isles. But, like, what will they do? Like, the, they can't just, like, both be super defensive. Like, I, I think it's just going to be more of an interesting experiment and just to see what happens. Because, like, if it's Montreal, if it's Montreal-Tampa, it'll be exactly like the Montreal-Vegas series of, like, Montreal will be able to just kind of limit a little bit and Tampa is more skilled and has more offense and is just a better team than Vegas. I feel like, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. But if it is Tampa Vegas, I'm going to go so hard for Tampa, like back to back. I'm going to be like chanting, run it back, like through the streets. (laughs) Like, I feel like you could, you could take pauses from any matchup. Actually, I'll, I'll like, if it's Islanders Vegas, I think that's the worst possibility because then I'll have to be cheering for the Islanders. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that you've come to terms with this, Thomas. This is all very positive. It's, it's all a step what, in the this right is direction, my new, buddy. My, uh, my PMA. Wow. Um, yeah. This is, this is I new love me. It. Listen, we got to wind down, guys. So I got to get back to work. I got stuff oh. I got to do, but what? One thing we gotta give a good, uh, hearty congratulations to number one Hoser's oh, fan. Oh yeah, uh, Tio for having a baby on Father's um, Day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yesterday he announced Tio. on Twitter. He has he yeah. got he has a kid. So on Father's Day he was a dad. Oh, congratulations! Um, yeah, big congratulations, Tio. Yeah, oh, big congratulations. Very exciting. Did they name the baby Ash? Yeah. That's good. Well, hopefully it's they can make their way through. It's they named their baby Pikachu. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, their middle name is Takeoff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Well, congratulations, buddy. We're all very excited for you guys. Um, I don't know how do we even end it after that. That's that's, that's like a the good best ending. possible way we could Con- end it. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. To you. Yeah. yeah, love it. Um, and that's all that matters. If you want to find us on the internet, um, try and find us. We're out there. <laughs> okay. I got to go. I love you guys. Okay. Thanks Whatever. for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, when we feel like it. 
maybe next week we'll see how we feel <laughs> <laughs> bye guys bye all right talk to you later guys <laughs>